0: tells us that the law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. We continue in in our message titled, The Two Sides of God's Kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom of God has two parts to it. The first part of the gospel is the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning what he did for us, he died on the cross. But then the second part is also very important. It has to do with his principles. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, no doubt about it, if you live for him, you're going to heaven. But you're still on earth. He hasn't taken you to heaven. You need his principles to be successful on the earth. You know, it's God's idea that you be successful. God wants all of his children to be successful. You can read through the scriptures, that's all you find. He wants his people to be set apart, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He wants you to be special, so he calls you the light of the world. He calls you the salt of the earth. You are special on the earth. He wants them to see you and know what God looks like. And He is a good God. But you need His principles. You need to walk through His principles to be successful. The Bible says, this book of the law. Jesus is one thing in your heart. But the book of the law, the principles are another thing. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You must meditate in it day and night. Meaning you are studying the principles for living. Not when you get to heaven. When you get there, it's all, it's all over. You're fine. But you live on the earth where the devil also is. And you need to know how to navigate your ways. Know how to resist the enemy so that it doesn't hinder you. So that you accomplish what God created you to do on the earth. You need the scriptures. You need his principles. Jesus, the person, the God man is already in your heart no satan cannot touch him in your heart can i hear an amen you go going to heaven he can't do anything about that that's over but he wants to hinder you in your living here or not he wants to frustrate you he wants to f- make you feel like you're nothing you can't accomplish anything how can you have god inside of you and you're nothing does it make sense but when you read the book and you begin to understand His principles, and you begin to live by His principles, then you begin to realize, hey, I'm somebody. I'm somebody. I am the light of the world. Not this little light of mine. I am the light of the world. I'm going out to show them that God lives inside of me. I'm different. And God wants to make you a showcase. He said they will know and fear you. They will see what He's doing in your life, and they'll fear you, just like they feared Isaac, they feared Isaac because the man began to prosper and he continued to prosper until he became very prosperous and the Philistines envied him and they feared him. And he is the type for our covenant that we have with God. It's the covenant of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And God wants you to inherit the blessing of Abraham. And Isaac would always refer to his father Abraham. Because he knew he was in covenant. The same thing with Jacob. Jacob would say, you know, I'm a stranger in the land. I'm just following the ways of my father Isaac and my grandfather Abraham. So that's why they are prosperous. God wants you to succeed in life. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. But you meditate in it day and night so you know how to live. That's what he's saying. That's the essence of it. You know how to live on the earth. And when you know that, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. God wants you to have good success. And so we're talking about the principles. The law was given by Moses. But grace that Jesus forgiving you and coming into your heart, that's fine. And truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. He became flesh and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. Grace, Jesus in your heart, you're going to heaven, nobody's going to stop that. His presence in your life makes everything so good around you. It takes all the rough edges out, but you need the truth to really soar and go first. You need that. So it's grace and truth. The principles of the word. And I started going into the principles last week. And the first principle was the principle of the spoken word or the law of words. The law of words or the principle of words. Your mouth is a very powerful tool. And God began to show us from Genesis what power the tongue holds. He tells us, and God said, let there be light. In other words, God rules His universe with His mouth. And you were created by Him. And you should rule your universe with what? With your mouth. So be careful what you're saying. (laughs) Be very careful what you're saying. One of these days, you are going to hear hear your words played back to you. (laughs) (laughs) because jesus said every idle word that a man shall speak he'll give account of it on the judgment day you are going to hear your words played back to you on the day of judgment Uh, god please forgive me (laughs) Uh, that's not going to be fun you know why because your words are never idle When it comes out of your mouth, especially when you have been born again, your words are never idle. When it comes out of your mouth, he's doing something to you and those that are hearing it. And so because you are destroying the one God made, that's you with your mouth, you're going to give account. Because your words are hindering what he's trying to do in your life, you're going to give account. I planned this from you and you talk bad. You talked dirty and I couldn't work. You're going to give account. (laughs) Your words are so important. Life and death are in what? The power of the tongue. God tells us that. And he's not kidding. Your mouth is very powerful. So that's the first principle that we learn. The second one is the principle of gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is the seed for more. I repeat, gratitude is the seed for more. If you, don't, if you are not a grateful person, what happens is you stop the flow of blessings from both man and God. <laughs> gratitude is so important. God wants us to be Grateful people because this is a very serious principle and I'll show you from the scriptures what this can do to a man. You can destroy everything, destroy a a pleasant relationship that was going to take you up to the summit because of ingratitude. Your words, your actions will demonstrate that And you need to understand this. God can never bless somebody who is ungrateful. Ungrateful people take everything for granted. Including their own life. Ungrateful people take even the grace of God for granted. Until they come short of grace. They just do whatever they want to do. When they feel like it, that's when they go to church. If you consider what it cost the Son of God, if you consider that the Son of God was God Himself, and how He came to the earth and hung on the cross and went through all of that, you wouldn't be saying, it's only when I feel like it. You can't say that. That's because you don't really, you are not truly grateful for what he's done in your life. You don't, either you don't understand it or you understand it and you have become very ungrateful and that's not very good in the heart of God. I did all of this for him and now I see the way he's acting towards me. It's a very serious principle, it stops the flow. It stops the flow. It does that with men. When people do things for you and they can tell you are not grateful, they don't want to do it anymore. Sometimes they want to do it to your friend so that you learn that I did it for you last time and you, were, you didn't even say thank you. He just took it and walked away. You see, ungrateful people, they just take things for granted to the point where they're really hurting themselves. You're truly hurting yourself. They have this sense of entitlement. Everything's got to be given to them. And if it's not given to them, they get mad. But they're not willing to sow. Why would you want to stay all, all, always on the side of the receiving? You got to give sometimes. And sometimes the best thing you can give for somebody who is coming from top to bless you, the best you can give is sow a seed of gratitude. I can't believe this. Take all of your children. And go to his house, knock on the door, and say, I brought all my family to you. He just gave you a raise at work. And now you are at home. He says, what are you doing here? You bring, I brought all my family. We want to thank you. You don't know what you did for us by this little raise. Guess what he's going to do the next time? Oh, gosh. Guess what he's going to do the next time? He said, for this little thing that I gave you, you brought your family and all your children say, thank you, sir. We're so grateful. When he's, being, when he's thinking about giving a raise the next time, he's thinking about your kids. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's so important. That's the principle for living. You stop the flow when you are ungrateful. And there are a lot of ungrateful people. They just take things for granted. It's got to be given to them. They can't even say thank you properly. And the one who is doing the good, sometimes they've made a sacrifice to help. And then all you say is like, thank you. And they walk away, they say, you mean I went through all of this? And that's all I get? He's not coming back. You stop the flow. And God, we are made in God's image. If He will stop the flow for men, guess what you do with God? The same thing. He stops the flow. God expects gratitude. He wants that. Let me show you some scripture here. In Romans chapter 1 verse 21. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. They knew the distinction, but they won't glorify God as God. They knew you're a Christian, and then you make up your mind. I don't care about that. It's Sunday, I, I, it's a good day for golf. I, I mean, it's not wrong to take time off, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. But you can't continue to do that. He cannot be a pattern of your life. That means you are taking the grace of God for granted and you are not a grateful person. When the scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the manner of someone is. Yes, you know that. And you see, these things, they hold, they, they, they have in what happens to our life. Because there is a God that looks down and he sees what is happening on the earth these things matter you can pray all you want but when he tells you to do something and you refuse to do those things you dishonor him and you're ungrateful if i know i've poured into this person's heart and the person is being very grateful i can say can you do this for me and they say you mean me you're asking me i'm glad i'll do that for you because of the way you've been so gracious to me anything you want i'll do it That should be the attitude. He says, because they knew God, they did not glorify God as God. God wants some glory. In other words, you know the distinction. He's different from the rest of us. He deserves to be praised. He deserves to be glorified. But when you don't do it, God notices. He sees it. It says, no, we're thankful. Why thankful? Because of everything that God's given to you. You're able to wake up this morning. There are others that couldn't. You're able to have your breakfast this morning because you're not sick. That's something to be grateful for. And if you're grateful, God knows you're grateful. He'll keep you that way so that you you stay always grateful to Him. But you take it for granted, and you think you're so special, everybody else is suffering, they can't feed their kids, and you're able to take care of yourself, that's because of your power. The Bible says, what, what have you that you didn't receive? And if you receive, why are you acting like you didn't receive it? Romans tells us that. So you need to be grateful to Him because God is watching. He says, they were not, they didn't glorify God as God, and they were not thankful to God. He says, there, He says, we're there, Not, excuse me, I went to another scripture. But became futile in their thoughts. They became futile in their thoughts. They were not thankful. They became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. I'm going to stay with that a little bit. The word futile means useless. Unproductive. Unsuccessful. Unfruitful. That's what the word means, futile. When you don't thank God, when you don't thank God, and you don't glorify Him, your thoughts become futile, useless, unproductive, unsuccessful, unfruitful. And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, exactly, unsuccessful. That's all you think. When you don't thank God, you can't help spiritual laws. Spiritual laws always work, just like the law of gravity. When you are unthankful, that's going on in your heart. Your thoughts become funeral. You can't help it because that's the way the universe operates. Your thoughts become unsuccessful. Hmm. And when you think that way, guess what's going to happen? You are going to be unsuccessful, unsuccessful. Ungrateful people cannot succeed in life. I'm coming to that later. God expects gratitude. He, he may not express express it for you to hear, but He does it. You remember the story of the ten lepers? There was one foreigner among them, a Samaritan that was hated, and they all came together. You know, people who have the same problems, they don't care the color of your skin or what. They all get they gathered together. This is something holding them in common. Even though they were they hated Samaritans, they were all lepers. So they could care less. The Jews and the uh, Jews that were lepers and the Samaritans that were lepers, they have all been rejected by society. They embraced one another. Amen. <laughs> Don't matter. When we're suffering the same pain, we're all together. Amen. But then they heard the word. They heard about Jesus. And 12 of them said, if he kills us, I know it's not a good thing to go out there to meet a rabbi like this, all of us, ten of us. One, maybe we can hide. But ten, that's, a real, that's real risky. But the ten of them went. And thank God they found Jesus. And they pleaded from afar "Of please, we know you can make us well. And Jesus said, go ahead, show yourself to the priest. They had a lot of faith. Amen. They were not healed instantly. So they had a lot of faith. They give them that. And on their way, I mean, if they didn't get well and they get to the priest, they all die. (laughs) So on their way, you can tell they had a lot of faith. But on their way, the healing came on them. And it was only the Samaritan that came back. You know, Jesus, he he didn't say that, but Jesus was waiting for every ten of all of them. He was waiting for them. How How many times has that happened in your life? Where God was waiting for you to come and say thanks you never showed up. How many times? Because you take things for granted. As if I deserve it. What well, he did for me, I deserve it. What was, it? How, what was he waiting for? Huh? You know, he should have done this long time ago. That's not attitude that God endorses. They came back, this Samaritan came back and he knelt before Jesus and worshipped him. He was a foreigner, hated by the Jews. And if you read in, in Luke chapter 17, 17 and 18, it says, So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed?'" He, he, he kind of he overlooked the man that was worshipping him. His heart was with the, twer- the remaining nine. He said, Were, ne- were there not ten? ten? How come is this foreigner that came back? I know Jesus was a man. You know, he was, at that stage, I'm sure he was very grieved and sad, disappointed. I don't want to disappoint him. He wants you to come back. And then he told the man, you go and be made completely whole. You know what that is? Those ungrateful people, their thoughts are going to be useless, futile. And before long, they will be in the leper's camp. because god's not there working with them so this is very important let me tell you four things about ingratitude just four things about ingratitude and i'm going to draw from the life of the children of israel that's the real type the children of israel were delivered from the land of egypt and they were very ungrateful they all died in the wilderness. In fact, God swore that he they never enter into his rest. Because they were so ungrateful. I'm going to draw from their lives. That's the classic case of ingratitude. With the children of Israel. First, ungrateful people are shallow. You know why? Because they don't think through what God's doing or what the man has done for them. If you sit down and you think through, this man gave me $2,000. He could have, you should be thinking, he could have used that to buy something for his son, but he gave it to me. You understand? And as you think through, you begin to say, wow, this guy really did something. And if you have any idea of what he's going through and he's made this sacrifice, you want to go home and say, I don't know why you did this for me, but now I know you really like me. You like me. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Or thank you, ma'am. Uh, And you bond with that person. Let me share something with you. Every time, this is a little bit outside, okay? Every time there is a need, there's an opportunity for a relationship. Every time there is a need, there's a privilege to build a new relationship. Because you can go in there, even if they don't like you. They hated you before. But as you go in there and you're helping them, guess what? When it's over, you got a friend. They look forward to seeing you because you love them. So important. Ungrateful people are just that, really shallow. They take the grace of God for granted. Everything is supposed to be given to them. If you think about the children of Israel and look at what they went through. They were in the land of Egypt they saw God turn water to blood. They saw it with their own eyes. They saw the frogs. God parted the Red Sea for them. And they walked through the Red Sea. And then they got to a place just three days, just three days after they crossed the Red Sea. They came to a place they didn't have water immediately, guess what they were doing? Complaining. All that God had done for them meant nothing to them. They didn't even think about it. They were so shallow. Let me read the scripture for you. Psalm 106 verse 7 and 8. It says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. Why didn't they understand the wonders? They didn't think through it. That's shallow. They didn't think through it. It just happened. That's God just being God. No big deal. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. Everything, the miracles was because God loved them. God wasn't trying to prove anything that he can do these things. No. He was doing it because of his love for them. The water turned into blood was because of his love for them. To get them out of bondage, to get them to a new place. They didn't even understand that. They couldn't think deep enough to understand this was God's mercy upon our lives. That others are dying, the Egyptians are dying, the whole army died in the Red Sea, and yet they are saved. I'm special, that's why God's doing this for me. They were ungrateful. And so God swore none of these people will get into the promised land. They're not getting there. So uh, ingratitude is a real problem. Secondly, ingratitude is the birthplace for complaining. Amen. And it's also the birthplace for rebellion. When a man is ungrateful, it doesn't take too much for them to rebel against their their leader. And they did it. They rebelled against Moses. Moses the one that took time to help them, left everything to help them, he didn't take them time. It's the birth they complained constantly. They complained constantly against Moses, and God was tired about their complaining. Now, one, there's one thing that really robs God really bad. That's complaining. God doesn't like complaining at all. And that's born out of a heart of ingratitude. When you are complaining, you are not thinking. If you are an American, you need to think how blessed you are. The economy is bad, but there are hamburger places all over the place. You can go and drive through, and if they don't give it to you fast enough, you drive to another one. You need to go visit what's happening in the rest of the world. Before you open your mouth and start complaining, you need to go and see where some people, they only eat one meal in two days just to survive. And here you are, and then complaining. I need to say this. The election is passed. We have a new president. The Bible says pray for him. I don't care how you feel. Pray for him. If you're not praying for him, you are disobeying God's word because God said, So pray for your president and for your leaders. If you want to follow God truly, pray for him. It doesn't matter how you feel, obey God. That's the way I live my life. I told you, I'm first a Christian. Okay? So no matter what happens, I'm praying for this man. Because God put him there. That's what scripture says. Don't understand all of these things, just follow. You know, that's what the Bible says. Do not lean on your own. Why am I preaching this way? I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I need to feel, tell the truth. Amen? So we know. And God says when you do that, you live a peaceful life. Amen? And things are well with you. That's, that's just scripture. We have to live by that. Amen? So, God doesn't like complaining. If you read 1 Corinthians 10 verse 10, it says, No, complain as some of them also complained. And were destroyed by the destroyers. When you complain, God's saying, get out of the way, I want to kill him. (laughs) In fact, one time he told Moses, he said, Moses, you are standing in my way. Get out, I'll wipe them all out, and I'll give you another congregation, don't worry about them. I can't handle them. Moses said, you can't do that, God, you can't. That's pastor's job, pleading. Please don't kill them. now. Nah. <laughs> don't kill them yet. Amen. But God was this. I'm, I'm tired of hearing them complain. Moses, you are holding me back. And I'm thinking, what hands does Moses have to hold God? But when you stand as a man of God, you can prevent a lot of evil coming. And God says, get out of the way. Because I'm tired of their complaining. And so when Moses won't get out of the way, he says, okay now, I'm going to swear none of them is going to get into the promised land. Since you won't let me kill them, they won't get in there. Uh You need to understand, today, what we're doing is, we're talking about how to live. Develop it. Being grateful. Even if they're your parents, when they give you something, Young people, tell them thank you. Well, his mama, is, they need to do this. No. No. You have to have this attitude of gratitude in you. And when God sees it, it's very pleasant to him. And he blesses you. The third thing is, ungrateful people are double-minded. When you're ungrateful, you're really double-minded. I'm sure you're from the children of Israel. It's so easy for them to complain. They came from a place where they were hurting. They were truly suffering. And they were crying out to God. You know what they were saying to God? I, I can, as you read through the scriptures, you can find out what they were saying. They, and many of you have done the same thing. God, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you. How many have been there? The rest of you that are put with your hands down, you liars. <laughs> no, no. All of us have done this. I've done it before. Yes, it's true. And we say, God, I'm telling you now, I've got this problem. If you deliver me from this, I'm I'm going to be in church on Sunday, and every Sunday, I'll even pay my tithe. And God say, really? (laughs) You're going to do all of this? And we're beginning. And that's what the children of Israel were doing. God said, I have heard their voice. And I've come down from heaven to deliver them. Let them go to the wilderness so that they will serve me. That's what what God wanted for them. But after they got to the wilderness, just a little trouble, they are beginning to say... It was better for us when we were in Egypt. They want to leave Egypt, but they still want to go back to Egypt. That's been double-minded. <laughs> and there's a price for being double-minded. If you're ungrateful, you're double-minded. It tells us this. In Exodus 16, verse 2 and 3, it says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses, and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, that Moses and Aaron, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Well, the Lord wasn't touching them. The Egyptians were they, when they were in the land of Egypt. But now, just to dig at Moses, they were saying, We, want, we wanted the Lord to kill us in Egypt, not in the wilderness, in Egypt. It says, "When we sat by the pot of meat." Now, look what the problem is: meat. Is meat more important than your freedom? These guys can't think straight. That's why I said they are shallow. They can't think straight. We sat at the pot of meat, and when we ate bread to the full, in other words. Egypt was looking so good for them now. They want to go back to Egypt. Where they had banana bread, you know, whatever. <laughs> <But laughs> That's why God gave them manna, you know. They wanted banana ba- bread, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, He wanted to go back. They want to go to the promised land, but they still want to go back to Egypt. God is in. I can't figure these people out. Where did they want to go? Egypt was so good for them. You know, when you are ungrateful, you'll find yourself in that place where you don't know what's right. That's what that scripture says. They became futile in their thoughts. Unproductive. Unsuccessful. That's what happens to ungrateful people. And they're not even aware what's going on in their heart. They wanted to go back. Complaining against God. And you know what the Bible says about about that. In James chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, uh, through 8, it says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. And... Unstable in all his ways. Once you are double minded, God says, I can't, I can't do business with this person. And when you are ungrateful, that's where you wind up. You can't help yourself. That's the way it's going to be. But when you are grateful, you stay with the source of your blessing. Amen? And you are focused, and the blessings keep flowing and doesn't ever stop. The first thing which I will close with. Ungrateful people die in their wilderness. Ungrateful people die in their wilderness. In other words, God takes his hands off and He says, here you go. Deal with it yourself. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. We are told it would have taken just 11 days. Just 11 days for them to leave Egypt and get into the promised land. You know how many years it took them? 40 years. 40 unsuccessful years. They were not deep. You can imagine people who saw the Red Sea divided. I mean, if I were one of them, I I, I wouldn't be able to take my eyes off the water on the other edge as it piles up. Like, oh my God, what is this? While I'm walking and looking, wow. Those people, the people who saw all of those miracles, shallow, blind. They were afraid of giants in the land. Can you imagine that? Afraid of giants in the land. When God destroyed their oppressor, Pharaoh, and killed all of them in the sea. When you're ungrateful, you don't see very well. You're blind. You're going to die in the wilderness. How can you know to walk into your your promised land in 11 days? You're blind. You keep going in a circle. Over and over again for 40 years. Afraid of just a giant. But those who have eyes, who could see, who were grateful, like Caleb and and Joshua, they saw through it. If God for us, they are bread for us. We'll eat them up. I mean, don't you remember the Red Sea? Don't you remember what God did in Egypt? He'll take care of them. But they couldn't see. They, they wept one all night long and wailing and screaming at Moses, why did you bring us here to destroy us and our children in the, uh, in the wilderness? And God says, that's okay. I heard it. What you've said in your, through, from your mouth, that's what I'm going to give to you. You'll all die in the wilderness and then they all did Because they complained. They thought they had something good. Sometimes people have something that they use to dig at their leader, And their thing is, if you make us mad, we'll just tell you, we'll go back. We'll die in the wilderness or we'll go back to Egypt. And God says, yeah, you'll die there just the way I heard it from your mouth. You'll die in the wilderness. What does that mean? When you are ungrateful, you are going to be in the wilderness for a long time. If you have eyes and you are grateful, like Caleb, you will walk into your promised land with Joshua leading the way. You know who Joshua is? Joshua is the same name as Jesus. He was the Jesus for that generation. As they walked into the promised land. If you have eyes and are grateful. Just like Caleb. And understand. nope, God has done this for you. God is with us. You walk into your promised land. And Jesus will lead you. And give you your inheritance. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. Next week. I'm going to be going into something very, very important. Another principle. I'd like every one of you to be here just for your good because it's really important. Is the principle or the law of giving and receiving. Paul calls it the grace of giving and receiving. Very, very important principle for life here on earth. Bow your heads with me this morning. Some of you you're here, but you're not truly following God with all of your heart. It's time to go to God and say, God, I surrender. I surrender to you. When you surrender to God, meaning what you're saying is, God, I want you to carry me wherever you take me. That's where I'm going to go. And if you do that, I guarantee you, God will carry you into a very pleasant place. If you have not made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, guess what you've done? You've kept him outside your life. And He's been knocking at the door of your life. Say, I want to come in. I want to come in. Please open. Let me come in. Let me be your God. If you haven't done that, you need to open up today by letting Jesus into your heart. And if you agree, just by lifting up your hand this morning, Jesus will truly come into your heart. And I guarantee you, life is going to be different. Life is going to be different. You will have a guide, somebody that takes care of you, a heavenly father. So at the count of three, I need you to lift your hand quickly, take it, raise it up quickly and put it right back down. And God will see your hand and you will become a part of his family once we get through the prayer. I guarantee you, I'm going to pray for you. You will become a part of God's family and God will start doing business with you, start dealing with you. Through life, And it starts right here this very morning. Don't hold back. Let God know. All eyes closed, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. At the count of three, if that's what you want. You want Jesus in your heart. Or you've gone away from him, but you want to come back. I want you to raise your hand. Just two, those two categories. I'm going to count three. And at the end of the three, put your hand up quickly. One, two, three. Lift your hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. That's very wonderful. Thank you. God, you honored God this morning by lifting up your hands. I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but I want you to know where you're standing right there. God is with you. There's a new life in you today, and there's a world of discovery ahead of you. Tell God, whatever you want for me, I want to discover it. I want to discover it. I want to go all the way. I'm not holding back. That's my life. That's the way I like it. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's go. Especially if you raise your hand this morning. Please pray with me. Pray with me. And mean it from your heart. And if you mean it from your heart, Jesus Christ, the Lord, will come into your heart and no one can get Him out of your life from this day forth until you see Him face to face. Amen. So now, pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus into the world for me Lord Jesus I receive you this morning as my Lord and Savior Jesus come into my heart I open the door of my heart to you Lord Jesus I welcome you right now into my life come in and be the Lord And Savior of my life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me tell you this. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it. If something happens, God forbid. And you happen to die today. You will see your Father's face in heaven. You have now become a child of the living God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You have now become part of the family of God. And right now in heaven, they are celebrating your birth into the kingdom of the living God. And your life is going to be beautiful for the decision that you made today. You made God smile this morning by making that decision. Can I hear an amen? Now lift up your hands this morning and thank Him. I'm going to bless you from now on. I'm going to be blessing you according to the word of God. Lift your hands up to him, and I'm going to speak God's blessing according to God's commandment. And I believe it. I'm going to direct my faith by God's grace to this, that the blessings of God will come upon you. The scripture says, then the whole congregation of uh, Israel, let me put this, it's uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. That's you, the children of God, this morning. Okay? This is the way that you shall bless. And I want to obey God. How many would like me to obey God this morning? I want to obey God, to bless God's children. He said to Moses and Aaron, This is the way that you bless the children of God. Say to them, that's all I have to do, amen? Say to them, and I'm going to say it to you now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's exactly what your inheritance is. God bless you. We're dismissed. Say hello to your friend. Talk to somebody that. You